BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you ready for the ultimate true crime experience? Get ready to dive deep into the world of mystery and justice. Introducing Without Warning Podcast. On the previous episode, you heard Daryl Robertson, the expert witness who testified in court at the Jonathan Cruz civil trial. Daryl walked the jury through the exhibits, and Jonathan spoke to the jury and to the court through the evidence. One item of evidence Daryl discussed was the blood pattern analysis results. These were obtained in the 11th hour before the trial began. This podcast has always been about bringing you behind the curtain to see exactly what happens in actual cases. On this episode, you will hear actual audio of the hostility of a Dallas County employee whom taxpayer dollars pay her salary and the way she treats a victim's family. Here is a brief excerpt of the audio. Wait a minute, I'm just making sure. Please don't. This is the mother of the young man that was shot. Jonathan's mother, Pam, joins us today to tell the listeners her impressions of the visit to the Southwest Institute of Forensic Science, otherwise known as SWIFTS, the Dallas County lab that examines evidence for the state of Texas and examined the evidence in Jonathan's case. Danielle and I went to Tom Shaw's office directly from the airport. He had prepared a subpoena for us to serve at SWIFTS. The reason we had to serve another subpoena to SWIFTS because, number one, they wouldn't take the phone call from Taylor Shaw. Number two, they had ignored previous subpoenas that said, turn over everything. I don't normally bring my clients to serve a subpoena. I wanted to show the employees the face of the mother that they were treating horribly. Pam meets us at SWIFTS. The three of us walk in together. We told the employee behind the glass why we were there, and we sat down and waited. We waited in the lobby, and what's interesting about the lobby is we noticed there was a camera in there. We wanted to make sure that not only did they have audio video, we did. Exactly, and we actually sent in a FOIA request for that audio and video of the cameras and audio from that day from our visit, and the FOIA came back and they told us that the cameras were not working that day. There were no expectations of privacy with that camera going when we walked in. Exactly. Pam, how were you feeling? Um... You know, by then I was a little apprehensive about everything because it was crazy that that we were asking for things within the law and you'd think the law itself would have complied and yet continually they weren't. 
So I was just, I mean, it's like you're living in a strange universe. So just kind of bewildered at that point, apprehensive, hopeful, but apprehensive. I remember walking in and you were extremely hopeful. That's the one thing about you, Pam. Every time we do something, you are extremely hopeful that people will do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Someday somebody will. I know that. So I'm always hopeful that this is the time. I'm not surprised anymore when it's not, but I know one day it will be the time. One day we're going to have resolution in this case. And I'm, I'm confident of that. I know you have a lot of faith and I love that about you. It's inspirational. We are walking in there asking for subpoenas and evidence that was supposed to be turned over. Danielle, myself, and Pam, we go in. Jennifer Rose is the employee at Swift's who is in charge of subpoenas. When Jennifer comes out and her attitude changes, it was visible. No, 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 no. I, well, it's to show you the subpoena that was served to you all. It wasn't, we found out yesterday you guys did not uh, fulfill it. And Taylor uh, Shaw spoke to you. Okay. Our, our VA is reviewing all of this. Okay. Um, so who's the custodian of records here? Custodian of records? Here. Right. You can custodian of records. If you're only wanting to serve a subpoena for records, all you have to do is put custodian of records. Okay, so we are just asking for this to be fulfilled that was done in court in 2016. So you're saying the DA, you're telling, I just want to understand this. The DA, the Dallas DA is reviewing, you guys have called him and he is reviewing these records on whether or not to turn them over from the subpoena. That's all I'm trying to understand. Doing the case. We're just asking about this subpoena to see what has been released, what's going on with it. Okay, but the subpoena says all records, so there's not a question. The question is that she's reviewing is what has been released, where are we at, what's going on? So she's looking at it. Okay. She, I thought your DA in Dallas was a male. Am I wrong? I have a DA that works for our office. Is that Ashley? Yes. Okay, so Ashley's reviewing this. Yes, she's the DA. I'm at, uh, or a DA. Okay, so there's the confusion. Okay. Okay, so, um, well, okay, well, you've been served. So is this for the custodian of records? Here. Go ahead and just get it. How does How do she open the door? I need to I need to know is this subpoena for a specific person no. or custodian of records? It to is the custodian of records for Swifts. And that's what you are. I believe that Jennifer was not going to open that drawer unless she was forced to, which she was. We presented a legal document with custodian of records on it to Swifts. Her job as custodian of records is to accept a legal document.
It is not her job to make it as hard as possible, continue questioning when she could clearly see the document through the glass. But she was making it as difficult as possible. And hostile? Oh my God, was she hostile. You could feel the hostility through the glass. Yeah, at one point she just stopped listening to us and she whipped out her cell phone from her back pocket and she's dialing someone. And that's when you hear Sheila saying, are you talking to Ashley? Well, this is somebody we've already dealt with on other cases, but it's funny how she's using her own personal cell phone, not the office phone that was sitting right next to her to make that phone call. That was her personal cell phone. What really bothers me about the encounter she was trying to bluff us. She's saying to us, the DA, the DA, as an employee of Dallas County, she is misleading a family member saying the DA is looking at her file when in fact, the DA was not looking at this file. She called it the DA of her office, which is also a misrepresentation. It was Ashley Fort, who you'll hear more about when she goes to court, which is shocking, absolutely shocking what is pulled in court that day. I mentioned to Jennifer as she's on the phone with Ashley to inform her that the subpoena said Ashley needed to appear in person on Tuesday in the morning and bring the documents. She was going in front of Judge Sally Montgomery. Pam, tell me your thoughts of Jennifer's demeanor. You know, the way it changed when she saw who we were and what we wanted, uh, the hostility was overwhelming, um, which is always very puzzling to me. Um, I don't understand. I just don't understand. Um, How do these people have a dog in the fight? It's just information that they should be turning over without any, there should be no emotion behind doing basically a clerical job. Right. So I don't understand. And it's not even just that, but she was just openly hostile instantly. um, You had said almost nothing. We gave her, we, you know, we have this subpoena. And um, so it was just kind of nuts. She would not open the drawer for us to serve the subpoena and was trying not to receive the subpoena. And finally, I said, which people will hear, this is the mother of the young man that was shot. That didn't make a difference to her. No. No. It's just... I mean, I don't even have words for it. It was just bizarre. I don't, you know, I just wonder why she's invested, why so many people are personally invested in this. We're not, we're not after anybody within government. We just wanted for our lawsuit, which we had a right to have, uh, we wanted for our lawsuit all the information that was available. The lack of humanity in this case has been astounding. And you're right. They don't have a dog in this hunt 
other than they have power to withhold documents that you actually are entitled to. The first subpoena they should have complied with. We don't know what we don't know. Swifts had represented that the documents were turned over to Tom Shaw from the investigation, all of them. And we now know to this day, they all haven't been turned over. Think about this. How many people, let's take Pam. Pam would walk in there, ask for these things. Jennifer says to her, the DA, that immediately gives Pam hope. That immediately gives her, oh, the big powerful DA. And Pam is still under the impression that the Dallas DA is a victim's advocate. Jennifer telling the three of us that she has the DA on the phone gives Pam hope. Well, we sure figured out on February 17th that that wasn't the case, didn't we? But that's another episode. That is another episode in detail. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're standing there. You're watching that back and forth with us. What are you thinking? I'm just wondering who's made preemptive calls? And why is this different than any other subpoena? Why is there almost an emergency when we've showed up asking for information? Why do they need a lawyer? Why do they why didn't they give this to us before? Um, and I thought it was pretty clear from her talking to her, you know, to the attorney that she'd called. Um, this wasn't new information to anybody. They were waiting or they, you know, this has been discussed. There's a plan in place to keep us from having information that should be available not only to us, but any other citizen that requests it. What's being hidden by who and why? I guess that's by whom. But um <laughs> Why? What what is different about this murder that it's such a secret? Go ahead. Why is the investigation not available? I mean, what happened? What could be so bad that people who I assume are very busy in their jobs are taking time out to make hiding this information a priority? Excellent point. We're leaving there. We get in the car together. Pam, how were you feeling? I'm just absolutely stunned and bewildered by what's going on. We're just an ordinary family. Um, We don't cause trouble in the community. We pay our taxes. We're good people. Um, We've had our son murdered. We're just trying to get the information that should be available I'm just, you know, it's always disheartening to see that people don't have a little more humanity. I can't imagine. I try to put myself in these people's positions. And I can't imagine 
acting that way. If I had to do that to somebody, I don't know. I mean, I guess if I was told uh, you cannot give this information, you don't have this information to give, I would at least be very personally upset and very apologetic. I wouldn't be hostile. I don't, I don't understand where the humanity leaves people. Legally, you had the right to these documents. You had asked for them before through your attorney. And again, there are laws in Texas that this agency should have complied to. Mm -hmm. They did not. And they got caught that they didn't. I just thought it was crazy that here we are about to go to court with all that entails. And people have no idea um, what that's like for the people going to court. You know, and I've lived with a lawyer for, gosh, 40 years now almost, um, and watched him prepare. And still, until I was an, a direct party, I had no idea um, what that entails. And here we are not the perpetrators, but the victim's family, having to spend our time doing that, it's pretty shameful. To that point about the other side having the information, if I were Brenda's attorney, I would have been begging for that. I would have done a subpoena because that would show my client's side. Right. Yeah. Actually kind of interesting that he wasn't wanting information, isn't it? Why was he not doing that? Yeah, I thought about that. If your client said she didn't do it, I'd be gathering everything. You are a citizen of Dallas County, and you're being denied your legal rights to obtain these documents. How many other families are going through the same thing and have to put up with the attitude, the hostility, and have nowhere to turn? Why is this not a bigger scandal in Dallas County? Or are there so many other problems that this is a drop in the bucket? This is business as usual. Those documents are rightfully yours, and you still have not gotten all of them. I know. Anybody anybody in the whole county, or I don't, probably without outside the county, should be able to walk in and get the information that's legally available to the public and through a subpoena right we got another day of nba action and with FanDuel, every night is a watch party so it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets so what's the move tonight gang you know that new customers who bet five dollars get two hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you win we're heating up fam Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's funny how much we got once Dateline started asking. <laughs> well, and that's how we found out what was going on. I FOIA'd what Dateline got. When Dateline FOIA'd the information, 
the doors opened, everybody was welcoming, and they gave everything to Dateline. And you, Pam Cruz, the mother of Jonathan Cruz, you don't have everything. But you're not a multi-million dollar network. That's when we started finding out that Ashley Fort said she turned over everything. And lo and behold, there are things that were not turned over. So what do you do with that? That's a, an employee of the county. She told the judge it's everything, and we're finding out it isn't. What's really interesting, I have FOIA'd so many things, been denied. Ken Paxton's office has ruled on it. Ashley Fort keeps pushing it up, pushing it up. So what is her agenda? What is, what is it with Ken Paxton's office turning down a victim who has legal rights to these items makes you wonder. It does make you wonder. Yeah. It could be if we hadn't called you and gotten to Tom just in the nick of time. It was the nick of time. Because I just told John, I don't, I don't want to have a regret later. Let's at least talk to somebody. But we would still be sitting here waiting, hopefully, that they were working on this. And we were one of those cases that you're going to see, like somebody came on scene later and did it. But we would have never known any of these things. Um, and she would have gone on with her life, telling everybody her sob story about how we victimized her. And we'd just be powerless. I mean, it's, and that's what happens to people. Please share this episode with the citizens and Dallas County family and friends. The only people that can make a change are you, the listeners. This case is such a tragedy that should never have happened or gone this far. Share this information so another family does not have to be treated with hostility and documents not being turned over. This case is a tragedy that should never have happened. Jonathan Cruz's family and friends are not the only victims that have had to put up with this behavior from every level. All they wanted was a real investigation. The only question they're asking is what happened in that room with Jonathan and Brenda. The evidence speaks volumes in spite of all the obstacles that were placed in this family's way. That is not a question that anybody in Dallas wouldn't ask if they were in the same position, including the people that have been so hostile to the Cruz family. The people they're asking are the people that are paid to investigate, prosecute, and keep murderers off the street. We are not the bad guys. I am bringing it to my audience. Only my audience and the people that are listening and sharing can make the change. The politicians are not going to. The city council in Coppell, the police department in Coppell, and every person that has touched this case and not done the right thing are not going to make the change. It takes the citizens that are upset. But what we don't do, we don't take the low road. We don't contact the people that have misbehaved. We take the high road and do things right. Don't contact anyone personally. We don't harass. Again, we take the high road. But you can write letters. You can go to the media 
and you can be outraged and you can share this episode, you can make a change. In a future episode, we will discuss how the Coppell Police Department removes comments from their Facebook page about the Jonathan Cruz case. We will share the evidence. Interesting, right? Without Warning Podcast, available now on all major podcast platforms. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.